1: To do what to say when there's no uh, sound happening right now, Alice. We are doing a cold open today. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the burn barrel. Tom Shattuck here with Alice Shattuck. Um, And we are doing a cold open today because we simply don't have time to do a hot open (laughs) or produced open, whatever that is, because we figure the more time we can save uh, from just doing show, the better. Alice has to race to work. You look beautiful tonight, Alice. Thank you, sweetie. I love you. Jeez, you gotta go away. Tonight, you look so beautiful. I mean, I don't have, you know, ignoble intentions, but I'm just saying that I would like you to be around. All right, here we go. <laughs> okay. Before the guys start, accuse me of being a, a wimp. <sighs> okay, a lot happening today, and um, we'll start at the border. The, the world utopia did not happen as a result of the biden administration and with trump being gone the news is forced to do newsy things like cover news now they didn't want to this is not their intention uh, but you know a lot of these people were on record at a couple few years ago about being appalled a lot of people cried visibly reporters about the situation at the border Mm -hmm. so it looks like and this is a good thing that the media is not ignoring what is happening at the border and it is not good news for you now a cnn exclusive cnn has obtained internal customs and border
0: protection documents revealing an emerging crisis at the border even as the biden administration refuses To call it a crisis, the documents reveal a growing trend of unaccompanied
1: children coming into the U.S., overwhelming facilities during a pandemic. And on average, children are remaining in Border Patrol custody longer than the law permits.
2: CNN's Priscilla Alvarez is breaking this story for us. Priscilla, just how bad is the situation?
0: So these internal documents, Jake, underscore the increasing trend of unaccompanied migrant children coming to the border. To put this into perspective, in the last 21 days, Border Patrol encountered more than 340 migrant children. Now. These are not levels that have been seen since 2019 when there was a crisis on the border. Now this is a vulnerable population. Border facilities are not designed nor intended to care for these children. They depend on Health and Human Services Department to place these children in shelters. But HHS here is also working under limited capacity due to COVID-19 precautions put in place last year. So behind the scenes, officials scrambling to accommodate these children. The numbers are expected to continue to rise the Biden administration again calling this a challenge but it may be an emerging crisis Jake.
1: All right, Priscilla Alvarez, thank you so much for that breaking news story. So, I mean, there's part of us that I think there's part of everybody. If you were mm-hmm. a Trump supporter or you know, just to, it's somebody who, who yearns for journalism and fairness, there's part of you that's satisfied saying, "Ha, huh, well, you know, you had you said it was the most um, uh, you know, unusual thing last time and you called him a Nazi and this and that and he was mm-hmm. evil and Worst intentions, the pain is the reason, you know, for... The, the
0: cruelty is the point.
1: Right, cruelty is the point, exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and, and you can do a l- little bit of that, certainly, for for people who were loudmouthed on, on social media and who suggested it was their own their own concern for kids, the, uh, you know, and who are now choosing to look away from this. But this also sucks. This is no good mm-hmm. to this have... This is a,
0: a bad situation. Yes. And it's going to only get worse the more the Biden administration um, acts like they're working on amnesty any minute now, the more people are going to try and come across that border bringing kids, which may or may not be theirs.
1: Right. And also the rigid COVID rules. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Get these kids inside somewhere and try to find them shelters. I don't expect the Biden administration to be, to be ramped up by now. All these HHS people have been there through the whole time, Right. And the Border Patrol, et cetera. But... Um, but figure it out. Figure it yeah. out now. Make it a priority. And and it, it needs to be...
0: And Congress, too, needs to oh, do yes. something. Congress needs to do something. They've blown every opportunity to do this. They've done this now. They've been doing the same thing for decades, since Reagan was the last um, time we had real immigration reform, right? Mm-hmm. And it just goes on and on, and everybody refuses to deal with it. And everybody acts like it's the president's problem who's currently president, even though... It's completely disingenuous because we all know that it's the same kids in the same facilities under Obama, under Mm -hmm. Trump, under there's complete continuity of what's going on at the border under all the presidents. And anybody who acts like it isn't complete uh, continuity between what Obama did, between what Trump did, between what Biden did is just not being honest because they're all doing the same thing. Because Congress refuses to deal with it and they have a different tone when they talk about it in their speeches, you know, but that but fundamentally the policies that they're pursuing there, which is to not have a policy and to just deal with everything as it comes is the same under all of them. And and it's really it's way past time for somebody to decide to deal with this. Congress needs to get something passed and they need to get it passed yesterday, you know, that that creates an actual real immigration system. Whereby we vet people that come into the country and then they come into the country, you know, where it's not just like people show up and we're like, oh, shoot, geez, now I guess you have to apply for amnesty, but you're already here. And like, so now we'll set up court dates for this. Cause the court system is just bogged down in these, in these, um, uh, asylum cases with people applying for asylum who may or may not really be... I mean, asylum is like a very specific set of, set of circumstances and and not everyone qualifies it who, who, may be, who qualifies for it, who maybe seems like they should, you know, like they would be a great addition to America. That's not the qualifications for asylum. It has to be like political persecution and stuff. It can't just be like, I lived in a really violent area and it was terrible and I'm going to come to America and be a great addition to the country, so can I come? You know, it... It's very specific rules, and, you know, the rules around visas, it's too complex. It's, um, you know, I'm somebody, I tend to be kind of more libertarian leaning on border issues. I, I'm i open to the idea that we can have more immigrants coming into the country. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I know a lot of immigrants who are great additions to America. My dad's mm-hmm. an immigrant, obviously. Um, yeah. but. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, that might not be the best example. But um anyway, there are immigrants who are great additions to America <laughs> and I'm open to the idea that um that you know that we should have more of them coming in but uh they it, we have to have like a system through which to process them by which people apply and we make sure that they're not criminals mm-hmm. or they're not you know terrorists or any of these other things and then we allow them to move here through a legal pathway not just like everybody shows up and then we deal with it in the courts and bog everybody down in this nonsense for years and years and deport people and they come back etc etc you know there has to be some kind of like line to go through and right now that's not even happening it's just a mess and it's con- going to continue to be a mess because biden for all the they're saying out loud words like don't come right now but they're mm-hmm. signaling that they're going to do amnesty soon so everybody just wants to get across the finish line before the amnesty passes because then they'll be here
1: <laughs> you know you know it's interesting you think that these politicians are craven because a lot of them want illegal immigration mm-hmm. because they're going to be Democrats, although that's changed a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if they think that these are future Trumpers coming over, <laughs> then maybe that yeah. that might be uh, give us a chance for some compromise.
0: Right. And I, I mean, I think that what happened in 2020 demonstrates that. Uh, there was a great article today um, from David Shore, who actually was canceled at one point um Last year, briefly, but this was in uh, New York magazine saying that Trump was good for the Republican Party because the party's messaging under Trump attracted so many more of these voters. We saw a really big increase in non-white voters in the Republican Party, um, you know, particularly amongst Latin American immigrants. And um, in a lot of cases, it seems like I mean, Nate Silver was tweeting about this Mm -hmm. today, too, that uh, basically In the message testing that they've done, a lot of what made those communities vote for Trump was like the pro-police message, too, that when the Democrats were saying, we're going to defund the police, like people who lived in some of these neighborhoods were like, whoa, wait a minute. And that that really um, hurt Democrats in 2020 and and helped Trump. Um, Well,
1: also, you know, just culturally, Mm -hmm. the fact that Donald Trump and Barack Obama share A constituency of a handful of millions of people right is good that means that these people have heard both stories Mm -hmm. both sides and and they rather than simply going full tribal they're looking at their the pragmatism of the candidate in their lives Mm -hmm. rather than boutique issues and if my guy litmus test, you know, is this, then no way, and there's no way. It's a, uh, it's, it's feels more democracy-ish right. than ever.
0: Right. And it's interesting, too, because I think, you know, we're New Englanders, obviously. So we have a certain brand of New England Republican that we get up here. Um, Charlie Baker, who's the governor of Massachusetts, is a great example. But there have been others, you know, Romney governed like this in Massachusetts, too, where it's sort of the liberal on social issues, pro-gay marriage, pro, you know, trans rights protections bills so they can use whatever bathroom they want, um, you know, for all this stuff, but then more fiscal restraint economically conservative lower taxes less welfare um and there's been like a consensus amongst the republican elite that the you know prior to trump that this was the direction the party needed to move that that's what a moderate republican was was liberal on social issues um, and conservative on fiscal issues Mm -hmm. and what trump showed and i think some people have been saying even prior to that is that There's not really nationally a huge constituency for that. There are not a lot of Charlie Baker type of people across America, you know, who are more socially liberal. In fact, it's the opposite, that there are more people who are for, you know, for example, economic stimulus relief payments or a Yang universal basic income or, you know, increased help for uh, like families to encourage people to have kids, you know, who are pro, you know, paid parental leave, But are more conservative on social issues who see, um, you know, this stuff that the left is doing with canceling people, with women, with destroying women's sports, with this social justice stuff and defund the police and these other things. And they're saying like these cultural issues, like we're pro family and we're pro safe communities that are patrolled by police officers you know we're for this stuff we're for normal culture we're not woke but we do think there's a place for you know the state to be more liberal helping people economically and so it's actually true that there's a bigger constituency and this is the constituency that Trump spoke to that you know is for the government helping them get some kind of health care you know, but is not for uh, defunding the police, uh, destroying women's sports, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they're not there on the woke issues, but they are there on the economic issues. And that's really the constituency that Trump spoke to yeah. and that I think a lot of minorities fall into that basket of people that are not uh, necessarily full, as fully on board with the Democratic Party as the Democratic Party believes that they are.
1: Agreed, Alice. well said thank you all right moving right along now uh leave it to a a congresswoman from massachusetts to come up with a really stupid idea (laughs) we are not surprised
2: hr1 is bold transformative legislation which fights voter suppression promotes access to the ballot cracks down on money and politics and provides transparency to the american people passing this bill has never been more urgent we must act to protect and preserve our democracy My amendment gets to the heart of H.R. 1 and recognizes the contributions that young people continue to make to our democracy. By lowering the federal voting age from 18 to 16 years of age, my amendment would enfranchise young Americans to help shape and inform the policies that will set the course for our
1: future. Okay, two things. One thing I want to get to quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be positive today. She is an immaculate reader. Mm -hmm. I would be tripping over every other word if i had to read in front of those people in front of the cameras Mm -hmm. etc and i don't i I just don't hear too many people even in congress who are reading speak so clearly she didn't have to get do one word over right she's really good at that Mm -hmm. she she should be a broadcaster or or, i'm I'm just very impressed i think that she might be the best reader in that whole building (laughs) Uh two, uh, no, we're not having <laughs> moron teenagers vote. We are eighteen is bad enough. So, eighteen I would like it to be thirty. No. In
0: Massachusetts, people have <laughs> I was interested to see this proposed federally because in Massachusetts there's people proposing that um we should not only have sixteen year olds vote but allowed to hold office. Somebody sent us this um from the good old town we used to live in. Somebody was proposing Oh, this. hold
1: office at like sixteen.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> imagine, as if school boards aren't insane enough, and and city councils and every other meeting, as though they're not run by enough crazy people. Let's get some uh, teenagers into the mix and see how things yeah, go. Yeah,
1: teenagers are dumb. I'm sorry, and I was mm-hmm. one, and you were one, and they're universally dumb. Now, now this is where I refute myself mm-hmm. because adults are also dumb. That's true. But we're switching out dumb. I think the problem is that for me, teenagers are. They have no knowledge, they have no wisdom, mm-hmm. and they're very romantic. So they have no practical experience with any part of life. Right. So it just, and, and, but they do generally have Judeo-Christian beliefs of, um, you know, of, of being, treating your neighbor well and of being uh, benevolent. Etc. So I'm sure that every four, 16 year old in the world wants to give a you know million dollars to every American because that mm-hmm. would lift up the poorest of us, etc. Yeah. Which is actually there are people in Congress who wanted that too. But um, so no, they're dumb and no, no. You know what? Also, no on a personal level, mm-hmm. a 16 year old right now has everything that I didn't have. They've got a phone where they can watch every TV show and every movie ever made when they want to. Constantly, <laughs> they can go listen to any song they want to any time they want to. Constantly, any time, when, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, you would have to hope that the radio station played it. They might have, when you tuned in, they might have just played it. You might, it might not be on for another three hours. Yep. Or if you wanted to really hear it, you'd have to pay $16 for a CD for one song and 12 other crappy songs. So no, they they have too much, way too easy. Way too easy. And that's just... That's the,
0: why you're mad at teenagers and they shouldn't be allowed to Oh play. yeah,
1: that's just for starters. <laughs> There's a whole other set of issues that they mm-hmm. have, that I'm angry, ang- jealous of, envious of. And As I've
0: brought up before on this program, uh, our dear listeners, this program saves us a lot of money on therapy because right. Tom can out all of his problems with the youth. When today. I was a kid, <laughs> and,
1: yes, when I was a kid, Alice, a teenager, mm-hmm. if someone took a picture of you, what you were doing in that nanosecond is what's coming out. <laughs> there was no second try. There was no rematch. There was no do over. And there was no knowing what the picture was looking like. That you pick it up at the store, and then you'd see, oh my god, I have red. I look like that. That's me. Oh my god, and that was it. Now everybody can decide and they have filters, and you know you can put yourself in the moon, in the moon if you want to in a picture. That you can. Everybody, everybody can make themselves look thin if they want to. Although I'm, I've reached the point where that's not even possible anymore. But, but this is no, no. I don't like young people. I'm angry at you all, and mm-hmm. I'm. I'm angry.
0: Yeah. So speaking of that, uh, looking thin, mm. we've been trying to get Tom a vaccine. I've been going on the website from time to time and making some attempts. No because lot, I'm so a far. teacher? <laughs> are you a teacher?
1: What qualifies me, Alice? I
0: don't understand. Um, so we believe that you have two conditions that qualify you, which are- I don't know that I'm asthmatic. Um, high blood pressure?
1: Oh, oh, all right. Alice? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs>
0: And uh, Wait,
1: what is the other one, Alice? I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, I, you know what? I have. In order to enlighten that consumption? you. consumption? I'm just going to go ahead and read you this amazing article. Uh, new subject? I read today. New subject. Okay. This is from Slate uh, by Emily Duke. The headline is, I am fat. To get the vaccine, I had to say I am obese. Ooh. Subhead. The word has done incredible damage to my body.
1: Get used to it, Emily. <laughs> incredible damage to her body?
0: The, the word has done damage to How her body. How is that
1: possible? Wouldn't McDonald's have done incredible damage <laughs> to her body?
0: Name, date of birth. Do you have a pre-existing condition? Yes. I had practiced saying it out loud. Oh, God.
1: Obesity. Obesity. It I, was. I was. It was going to be my secret, but now I'm outing myself to you. That and the fact that you know I'm wearing size 74 pants. I'm. Am I going to have to out myself, Alice? I think you will. Okay. Is anybody? Nobody's around, right? Maybe you around, should right?
0: practice saying it out loud. Nobody's around, times. right?
1: Okay. I may be obese. <gasps> no, I understand you, you. No, believe me. I know you can't. By appearances, you wouldn't think so. I know. You think I was one of those people who could eat everything and never gain weight, the people that mm-hmm. everybody hates. But no, it's true.
0: I took a seat in the waiting room of the vaccine site, oh, looking around.
1: W-E-I-G-H-T-I-N-G. At, the, huh? At, huh? My,
0: at my fat brethren, like it was a very sad, <laughs> oh, sterile God. version of the fat girl pool, pool party scene on Hulu's Shrill. I don't know what that's a reference to. I don't think I want to.
1: When New York, there still- is a brotherhood. There's a brotherhood of like black t-shirt at the pool and beach crowd. <laughs> there is a look that we give each other. Like <laughs> oh, I know, God. yes, I know. It's not my fault either.
0: <laughs> when New York State announced that Phase 1B of vaccinations would include those who are obese or severely obese, I knew I would qualify. My heart sank into my stomach. I am fat. It's not all that sank into our stomach, right? <laughs> yeah. I am a fat activist. Oh, like- Jesus. Like a lot of larger-bodied people, I have embraced the word fat. Doing so allows me to buy clothes that fit rather than those that I could fit if I changed. It gives me permission to go to spin classes in the pre-pandemic days and worry only about trying to beat other people's scores. It allows me to exist. The word fat I have made clear to those around Uh. me and to myself is not associated with a moral or intellectual or health failing. It is a descriptor. I have brown eyes. I have brown hair, blue eyes, excellent taste in caftans, I am five nine and I am fat.
1: But among all the excellent radical taste in caftans? Yeah. What the hell is that?
0: A caftan? It's like a like a cover up dress flowy thing. Oh, okay. Um So, but among all the radical self-love coffee mugs I've seen, I Love Being Obese has never been one of them. The word obese elicits an unparalleled grief in me. When I heard the announcement I had been waiting for, I spent three hours in the grocery store. The thing is,
1: Alice, is that, you know, uh, when I was doing Fat Camp a few years ago, and I got down to many, maybe Mm -hmm. many Tens of pounds less than I was now. Right. And I was like looking like the light was at the end of the tunnel. I was looking like I was going back to, uh, you know, to 2002, Tom Shattuck.
0: Maybe 2010, Tom Shattuck.
1: Oh, uh, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. I I told, I went to the place, I'm like, I'd lost like 70 pounds or whatever. Well, who knows how mm-hmm. well, much I lost, but it doesn't matter. So I went to the doctor. I was hoping my doctor would be there because I wanted to show him, hey, I look at all the weight I've lost. You suck. Mm hmm. Because I'm petty. So, so, and I went there and the woman had me as like severely obese. Morbidly yes, obese? Yes, yes, morbidly obese. I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Heck, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not going to use the Lord's name in vain anymore. I've I'm talked complaints. to Tom about it. Yes, I have. <laughs> I'm like, really? I mean, what is... What did I just come from? If now I'm morbidly obese, was I like? They don't could, have a
0: category. After was I that. like
1: aircraft carrier level weight before? Yes, that's was what like,
0: they call it.
1: Yes, it was. What was I before? Mm-hmm. God, make the words nicer. Me and this, I'm writing a piece for Slate too. That's <laughs> okay, right. Saying yes. the words.
0: It did violence to you. Yes. When I heard the announcement I had been waiting for, I spent three hours in the grocery store trying to figure out what I should have for dinner that night. I wasn't immediately sure I would claim my spot in line. If I confirmed my comorbidity, what would I tell people? It's obesity.
1: I have obesity. Yeah, they know. Don't worry about it. Everybody assumes that I'm getting a shot soon, okay? It's one of the things you get. (laughs) You get the instant satisfaction of drinking a beer, like I have here, and eating pasta, which feels good, and then the uh, reverse payoff is that you're a fat, and... That's the transaction. It doesn't have to be anything more than that, and don't worry about it. Just take your shot.
0: Larger-bodied people.
1: That said, it's also there is it is worse for women because the beauty standard is, mm-hmm. is that's is, true. I mean, it is absolutely that's worse
0: intersectionality, for women.
1: honey. That's right.
0: It's where your larger bodiedness intersects with your does uh, this get me into the intersectionality
1: yeah conversation yeah
0: nice yeah she's a fat activist so that's nice. what she does i think you should start corporate training Sonny
1: oh that's where the oh, money on is skinny privilege too yeah holy jesus
0: straight bodied privilege
1: yes um, i'm sorry i just used a, another i said jesus again i'm sorry wow who knew i have that problem too <laughs> i have like a religious uh whatever
0: Larger bodied people are often told that their weight is the result of their mind, a lack of willpower, a lack of knowledge about nutrition, or in my case, an emotional weakness. So then we hear all about her life and her eating disorder. Um,
1: It's easy and fun to uh, get in the process of what it takes to be fat. It is tough to get unfat and it takes discipline. And as Mm -hmm. you get older, you have more things. There are many more excuses for you to start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I would say as as your uh, health coach, strength coach, and fat coach. Um, what's her name, Debbie? Um, who who Hers- oh,
0: this Emily? Yes. I believe Emily.
1: Uh, I will tell you that I would say that uh, you you are going to have to start making wise choices.
0: So she apparently so had choices? an eating disorder. She's embraced being fat now. She's okay, good. pro being fat, so she's good. Um, and then she talks about how hard it was to weigh herself. Um, and
1: I don't even get a number when I use my scale. I get an error.
0: So she reminded herself how problematic BMI is as a measure of health and how it leads to the perpetuation of weight discrimination in the diet industrial complex, things that actively harm (laughs) the health of larger bodied patients.
1: You know what what else? (laughs) The next time you tell me to stop eating frosting directly out of a can (laughs) – I'm going to remind you of a certain shady, uh, <laughs> monolithic uh, operation called the diet industrial complex.
0: Am I merely a tool of the diet yes, industrial complex? exactly. I reminded myself that all the hand-wringing about weight and COVID outcomes may well say more about the impacts of fat phobia in medicine and the intersections of this mistreatment with other forms of discrimination than the actual relationship. Are the crazy <laughs> progressives going
1: to accept the fats as members?
0: Yes, Uh, Than the actual relationship between a virus and somebody's body size. So she feels, in case you couldn't understand that, I'll translate. She feels that the fact that uh, COVID-19 outcomes are worse for fat people is because medicine is fat phobic. So fat people get worse medical care because doctors are fat phobic and not because the virus actually hurts fat people more.
1: I'm signing on to all of this. (laughs) I'm making it rain for this family from now on.
0: (laughs) But the trauma I've experienced as a result of diet culture didn't just vanish when I recovered from my anorexia. I am right now healthier than I have ever been, and I also weigh more than I ever have. Clinical obesity does not take into account that different people have different weights that might be healthy for them, whether you believe that based on set-point weight theory the idea that there are genetically determined ideal weights for different people, or if you just understand that for some, the diet industrial complex hurts more than it could ever help. Fat isn't black and white, just like I know my health isn't black and white. Obesity is.
1: Very nice. Well said. Well, I am waging war in the fat industrial complex, diet industrial industrial complex. complex. So, a couple of quick things. Uh, Jen Psaki answered, or didn't answer, the question on Dr. Seuss. Kristen, do you have another question? A
2: question about Dr. Seuss. This is maybe the only day that you can bring up Dr. Seuss. In every uh, it is National Read Across America Day. It's also Dr. Seuss's birthday. Mm-hmm. Both former presidents Obama and Trump mentioned Dr. Seuss in their Read Across America Day proclamations, but President Biden did not. Why not? Well, first, the proclamation uh, was written by the Department of Education, and you could certainly speak to them about more specifics about the drafting of it, but uh, Read Across America Day, which, as you're right, has not existed forever, has only been around for a short period of time, elevates and (laughs) celebrates a love of reading sure, among our nation's the youngest leaders. And the day is also a chance to celebrate diverse authors whose work and lived experience reflect the diversity of our country. And that's <laughs> certainly what they, uh, what they <laughs> attempted to do Dr. or Seuss. hope to do uh, <laughs> this year. And as we celebrate the love of reading and uplift diverse and representative authors, it is especially important that we ensure all children can see themselves represented and celebrated, celebrated in the books that they read. So
0: does the omission have anything to do with the controversy about the lack of
2: diverse characters in the author's books well again i think uh it is important uh that uh children of uh of all backgrounds see themselves in the children's books that they read uh but i would point you to the department of education for any more details on the writing of the proclamation
1: we would point you we'd point you to the department of education for details on what the president says and doesn't (laughs) say thank you jen um and you know what else I'm not going negative. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just trying to send the, your fat story to Jerry Callahan, but we don't have time. I'll do it later. Um, I'm not going negative. I have something positive to say about uh, Jen Saki.
0: Oh, goody. Does she circle back?
1: She doesn't circle back in this one. She okay. has an exchange with a reporter about um about McEnany. A little bit news
0: on the media front.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, kaylee has got a new gig on Fox. People mm-hmm. don't know.
2: Your predecessor, Kaylee McEnany, um, has just signed on as a Fox News contributor. Um, wondering if you have any good wishes for her, advice, and if she does have a show, if you'd be willing to go on. Sure, I, I've done I've done Fox News Sunday twice now. I'm happy to go on a range of shows. Uh, I will say that uh, I knew Kaylee a little bit, not well. Um, I met her um, when we were both CNN contributors, and uh, we did a few shows. I'm not sure how many together. Um, like many Americans, uh, we disagree on political issues, but we talked about our families, our spouses sports all sorts of things in the green room uh and i certainly wish her the best in her future
1: endeavors thank you everyone thank you. what a nice answer mm-hmm. it's a nice answer it also gives truth to this idea that it's just politics it is just you politics. know politics it really is yes and that is good that is a positive mm-hmm. thing nice going jen pisaki um okay Um, Alice, uh, Dr. Paul Offit uh, Mm -hmm. just made himself famous.
0: Is we figure out what flu strains have been circulating in places like Australia or South America, which sort of p- predicts what what strains are likely to come into our, our country. There's been so little flu in those, those two areas. I, I think it's going to be hard for us to try and figure out what flu strains to pick. But you're right. If it's, it's, we mask and social distance every winter, we will see a dramatic reduction in flu, which usually causes hundreds of thousands of hospitalizations
1: and tens of thousands of deaths. I wonder whether that would be will be the lesson uh, from this. It's going to, we knew this was going to happen, Mm -hmm. did we not?
0: Of course we did. I mean, I've been seeing people say it forever. I just sent you another one today, a tweet I saw from, I don't even know who this guy is, but he has a blue check mark on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And he said, I expect to wear a mask every winter for the rest of my life. The flu is nowhere near as bad as COVID-19, but it still kills thousands of Americans every year and wearing masks dramatically reduces the spread. It's a tiny individual sacrifice (laughs) for such major benefits to society. So, and I see comments like that all the time, every day. I could find you a new one every day of somebody saying like, you know what? We should really just wear masks all the time. It's great. It's perfect. It's awesome. It keeps your face warm. I saw somebody say You know, today. it's kind
1: of like a lot of people, you know what it is? A lot of people don't like fat people because they see it and they say, oh, that kind of person, it's because gluttony and this and that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're right, generally. But, but you know, and it's a way to judge. Mm-hmm. And this is just simply another way to judge. That's what it's going to be about. Right. I'm a better person now because I I have a mask. He doesn't have a mask. He doesn't care about our health. We care about his. He (laughs) doesn't care about ours. So, you know, let's go home and get on Facebook quickly and and make sure this is uh, Documented in the community that so-and-so
0: didn't wear a mask.
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. So my work has been crazy, and I can't tell you about it, but- Um, but maybe down the line, uh, maybe down the line, things will be...
0: But I have good news. Notable, yes. The CDC is announcing that if Americans get a COVID-19 vaccine, they can gather indoors without masks.
1: No way!
0: So I know that breaks the hearts of all the people who are hoping to continue ratting out their neighbors for daring to be near each other indoors without masks on. But, um, but you're time of doing that is drawing rapidly to a close
1: that is really a huge step it really is yeah that is remarkable that they are saying that
0: it's unbelievable and it's fantastic and that's in our own
1: houses with our families
0: (laughs) yeah we'll be allowed if we're vaccinated it's remarkable one that they ever said we couldn't
1: and now it's remarkable
0: if you both get the shot we will now allow you to see each other indoors in your own home with other vaccinated will people. Will there be
1: a time when various people can handle the cooking and crock pots and Thanksgiving? Or is Ooh, there still I one don't know designated? Let's
0: not get too crazy. Let's not get too crazy.
1: When will we uh, put I the- think
0: we should have everybody eat a separate TV dinner
1: in each only- separate room. Yeah,
0: in each separate room. I don't want to get too nuts with the close contact with others. I mean, that's another thing. Is I see people saying like I can't believe how insanitary we all were before COVID. I've seen parents complain mm. about like blowing out birthday cake candles. Can you believe we would just let one kid spit all over the cake and <laughs> then we would serve it to the other people there? <laughs> oh, disgusting! I can't believe we ever did that. Let's never go back to blowing out candles on cakes again. I just some people don't want to go back to normal. No, uh, Biden said yesterday that he thinks we'll be back to normal by this time next year.
2: My Which hope is. <laughs> By this time next year, we're going
1: to be back to normal And before that. Nice.
0: Which it's interesting because he says every American is going to be able to get a vaccine by the end of May. So I don't really understand how those two things go together. Mm. If we can all get the vaccine by the end of May. Yes. How does it take that long to then be allowed to go back to normal?
1: Well, the teachers' unions haven't voted <laughs> oh. on when we get to be, go back oh, to normal okay. totally, and they tell Fauci, and then mm-hmm. he tells Biden. So
0: yes, well, update my sister <laughs> is feeling better. She's been laid low for several days by COVID.
1: Uh, are you? You have permission to say mm-hmm. this? Yes, I do. Well, then again, you didn't t- say which sister, so it could be mm-hmm. any of them. That's not necessarily one that mm-hmm. uh, that they may know. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. I look forward to getting. I'm glad it was a nice nicer day today. Thank you everybody for listening. You're awesome. Today's a shorter show. Alice has to bolt, um, and uh, but we'll be back tomorrow with a more normal show and. Uh and uh, we appreciate all of the great emails, et cetera, we're getting. And uh, we, we, we'll get back to... We'll, we'll Feel free b- to tell respond. Tom
0: that he can't insult Christianity anymore. Yes, I
1: apologize for that. I've It's just such an effective thing to say, and it's not a swear. It's that middle ground. I'll have to find... Oh, you know what? I, but I, I people want... are
0: actually less offended by <laughs> your swears than okay. by that.
1: Well, some people. So I want your uh, solution. F- I need something effective to say that's not a full expletive, but also not blasphemy. What about doggone it? That's not, not good enough. I'm not. I don't want to use anything. You know that that Joe Biden says. You know horse woggle. You know no, no. I need something good to say that feels like
0: what entire nation.
1: Right. I need something that feels like it's offensive, and making the room shake. You know with its venom, but doesn't necessarily do it. So please uh, just to DM us or email us or any of those things.
0: Um, yep, you can reach out to us and let Tom know what he's allowed to say on Twitter. That is at Burn Barrel Pod. You can also reach us on Facebook.com slash burn barrel podcast. You can send us an email that is burn barrel podcast at gmail.com. Uh you can leave a YouTube comment too. That's uh, Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel on YouTube. You can subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, but please do write us a review if you feel so inclined.
2: Say la vie.